You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 35 of the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward and Fired up another there. jam-packed show. We are ending our summer of guests because it is today. technically fall. but Jam-packed show today. It jam-packed. is. Jam-packed. Yep. Lots going on. We've got our traffic reports, although that may be on a halt uh, On a halt uh, afterwards, but we'll explain that uh, when we wrap up the show. Um, the OHL return to play dates, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Uh, the Knights and Firebirds hooking up on a trade as well. And, uh, well, of course, as always, segment number two is the best part of the show. Big one today. It is Mr. Connor McMichael. Joins us on the program, and of course we teed it up yesterday, so you will hear what he had to say, uh, his thoughts on his season going into whenever the NHL starts back up for the 2020-21 season, uh, his experience inside the bubble, um, the goal he scored off his skate in the World Juniors, just... We're going to get into the all sick, of that. The sick Sally against the States, dude, open the scoring yeah. in the tournament. That was cool. That's pretty sweet. If you jump the glass, we're going to talk about you. That's just <laughs> the way it goes. If you score and jump the glass, we'll talk about it. And if the fans bang, bang back and start to try and chirp you, it'll be even better. <laughs> that was a, that was a highlight of the year this year. It was. Honestly, any goal I saw this year live, that was a highlight. <laughs> I've never saw that before. I don't think I've ever saw it. When that game was out of reach, too. <laughs> yeah, game, was, was it the empty netter? No. Or was it after the empty netter? It was an empty netter, and then the next goal. Was I'd it, have to look. I forget. I don't think it was an empty when netter. we come back from break. Who sellies on an empty netter? That's well, embarrassing. Was it really a sally, though? They just turned. No, I guess. it wasn't the empty netter. It was not an empty netter. Yeah. Because it was before the empty netter. I'll look it up to make sure, but it was. And the best part was when the defenseman you, 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 comes in behind. You will and be chirped if you uh, <laughs> selly on an empty netter. Yeah. But the best part was though when the guy followed up and just comes. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that was, was funny. great, dude. That was funny. Good old Meridian Center. <laughs> um, so yeah, to kick off the show, our traffic reports and uh, Colin was afraid his car would blow up, so he uh, <laughs> went 100 on the uh, on the highway, probably faster than 100. But um, go, Colin, for you, how was the drive in? I go seven. Got behind an accident. Yeah, which kind of messed it up. It was probably an eight, maybe a nine. I'm not a, but accident kind of slowed everything down. I don't get when everybody in the far lane, I get you slow down because it's a two-lane highway. And yep. I mean, emergency vehicles. Yeah, and, but it was weird where the accident was. Well, yeah, it was on that on-ramp. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, why does the person in the far lane have to slow down? Like, I mean, well, because all the cars slow, getting yeah, but, over. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, because down. people know, have no idea how to merge these. Yeah. Days. They have to slow down, obviously. But Even then, when there isn't an why accident. Why do they basically stop to look? Because get it's that. Canada. I, I honestly, that bugs me so much. I get, you got to slow down. You got to move over. Yeah. Right? You got to let people in. Take a peek, but, but don't, don't stop. Don't, and I don't like this, that. This is radio. You can't, <laughs> you can't see us doing this, but um, I don't like, yeah. Check your blind spot. Check your mirror. Check beside you. And keep going. Have Don't you, stop because you got people 20 cars behind you there. They're yeah. trying to get to places. This studio. Have and you ever... Yeah. I, I've probably asked you this. Have you ever watched Heavy Rescue 401? Oh, yeah. That's a great show. So there was an accident that they had on. Uh, the QEW, 
I want to say episodes? in Mississauca or something. <laughs> I don't know. Featured episodes if something happens here to the yeah. the second wave. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was going on and everything. And I think it was, is it south or westbound? I don't know. Coming away from Toronto was the accident. But going to Toronto, there was everyone like slowing down and stopping. And there was someone in the left lane, the fast lane, going to Toronto Probably slowing down to 50. And you just, there's two cops. Yeah, I might have saw that. They had designated two cops to stand at the guardrail to wave cars to keep, yeah, through. Yeah, I saw that. And the one cop, it was funny, he pointed at his head and was like, oh, use your brain, like, drive. Yeah, did like, the guy drive right in the back? I saw. No, one. that was a different one. Yeah, I saw that one yeah. where the guy basically that was in, stopped. That was in, like, Cornwall. Yeah, he stopped, and then like he's looking, like, with his phone. Yep. <laughs> his phone, the cop's like, Maybe use your head, get going. Yep. And then this guy came right in the back of him. Yep. Like, that sucks. Yeah. That's. I just don't like that when people stop. Well, there was an accident uh, in London, I'm pretty sure, on, the, on that show, where a truck pulled off the road... Took a picture, like three or four yeah. pictures, and was like, and then like the cops are like, how dumb are you? Yeah, drivers aren't smart. A lot of drivers aren't smart. I feel like you need an IQ test when you drive, get your license. I now. feel like they need to start taking licenses licenses away for at being like dumb? 70. Or for just being dumb. Well, yeah. If you stop, you take a license plate. Like, if you get a ticket for that, like, if you stop. Well, that's distracted driving. Yeah. I mean, you should have to do Pretty hefty dri- fine. Get a driver's test again. Yeah. Hello, Ontario government. Right, Cha-ching. Right, There's that's a, that's like that. the pe- that's like that. the people who go through that five-year process of getting your uh, G one, G two, and then to your G. Where if you don't get it after five years, you got to start all over again. Man, that'd be that tough. sucks. Yeah, that would suck because you get it sixteen, right? G one. Yeah, it took me four years to get through it. I got my yeah, G one. Yeah, it should take. I was twenty. Yeah. Mainly yeah. because I was a little yeah, lazy I was 20. to get it after. Yeah, my I was G2, twenty because. But... College nineteen, I mean, yeah nineteen twenty. Hmm. I got it. Yeah, it would have been twenty because it wouldn't have yeah. been nineteen twenty. Yeah. Why wait? Why wait? You might as well pay that insurance already. That's true. I mean, <laughs> it goes down. I'm, a I'm lot. not happy with my insurance company because they gave us a relief on COVID, which was awesome. So it went down yeah. by like three hundred bucks. And then like a month later, no, month ago, two, three weeks ago, whatever. Some time ago. <laughs> I feel like we need a calendar for the show. Just know, everything right? that happens. Start marking down. stuff down. down. <laughs> Start to get Siri going. Hey, mark this down. Oh, what's she going? I was, I was doing that. Say. I was doing that yesterday. Using Siri? No, we were having the conversation about the show there, like the show in Vancouver we were listening to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, the sport market with Tom Mayanek. Incredible. Great show. Incredible. He's got some valid points uh, from last Saturday now, but he has some valid points about, like, the NHL starting and like baseball struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we should try to have Trevor Bauer on the show to talk baseball. Just talk about his trash can cleats. Yeah, and then uh, Manfred would awesome. ban that. Yeah, he would. Idiot. Um, but I'll wrap up my traffic and then we'll have a discussion. But uh, mine was around a six and a half. Again, that accident bugged me. Again, moved it through it a lot quicker than I thought we would have. Maybe about five minute delay, whatever. No, but in Brantford, oh man, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I mean, that's, that's all why, I'm going to say. That's why I because... always skip it. That's why I always skip Brantford. Yeah, but I can't. I have to go I through. The, I have to go through the heart of town. Maybe not the heart. It's Brantford, the, the heart but, of you know. the city, town. What is Brantford? City. Is it? Yeah. It yeah, yeah. 
It is. I mean, I'm it's got from, more than yeah. 50,000. Yeah, it's city. 95, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which helps because we're not a COVID hotspot. I think the most we've had in the last two months is five in a day. Yeah, we're at four so, active. All Haldeman Orphan. I think we're up around 15 in Brantford. That's not bad. But I think only one or two are in hospital where everyone else is just at home. Yeah. But there's been a lot of uh, outbreaks at schools. Yeah, that's tough. In Brant County more than in like Brantford. Like there's one in Paris. There's a couple out on Indaga Way and out like Haldeman Way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so six and a half for me. Not bad. Yeah. That's decent. I feel like every game we go to this year, we got to save the traffic. Like, oh, yeah. We'll put it on the GPS. We'll save it the quickest route. Then we'll yep. put it on our website. So everyone going to this arena from a certain, from Hamilton, this is the easiest way to yeah. get there from the studio. Yeah, that works. We'll do that. All right, cool. Um, okay, to, uh, to the OHL, and we'll begin with a minor trade that was made uh, this past week. The uh, Flint Firebirds acquiring Sahil Panwar. From the London Knights in exchange for a 2021 fourth round pick. And it was London's 2021 fourth round pick that they got back. Yeah. That is. I'm trying to figure out how that. I think that's ever happened where you've made a trade for your own. It's probably happened. It's probably happened, but I'm just trying to think how many players. Like, I'm trying to think who traded that. What that trade would have been? Yeah. Was it? Oh. Because I can't. London and Flint Oye haven't Chonia, been trade Oye buddies Chonic a lot. got traded there when they got Boquist and uh, Guskov. Yeah. Was it that? Might have been. Did they trade a fourth? And what'd they get for him, though? Here, I'll look it up right now quickly while we uh, chat about Luca, it. Did Lucas Rowe make a stop in Flint? There's another one. Or Kingston. That might have been the trade. It might have been that one. Just trying to find this. Adam Boquist, London Knights. It's hard to find. Yeah, OHL I don't trades. think you'll find that. You might have to look up Flint. We can look that up it's after tough. the break. We can look that up during the break and come back. Yeah. Just remember that. Cause yeah, we'll have to try and figure that one out. I'm trying to think. The trade book didn't exist back then for me. <laughs> that just started last year. It did not. We're at a few trades already. The book's already like eight pages long. Yeah. Publish it. Transactions. So. Boquist was never traded. No, he was an import signing. Yep. Olya Chonuk, though, would have been right after that. Because I think he played he played training camp. and He might have played the first game for London. And then he got traded because of the imports thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, we'd have to look that up. Yeah, I don't. You could probably just look up London Knights trades, but. Um, again, we'll talk about the trade that's at hand, Panmar, for a fourth rounder. 11 London points. To Flint. 11 points in 74 games with the Knights. Yeah, former second round pick. And um, just, you said it uh, well before we came on here that uh, it just never really an opportunity for him. Uh, to get going and really cement himself in the lineup. Obviously, guys like McMichael, Evangelista, um, Foodie, they didn't really help with that just because of the type of caliber player they are and yeah. um, not too many spots to take their place, right? And plus with the young, they got a few 16, 17-year-olds now, well, now 17, that are ready to move up in the system. 
that had good rookie seasons. I mean, you got guys like Stuart Roloffs, Max McHugh, Sean McGurn, Bryce Montgomery, another good one, who will be high on the draft list, I believe. Those type of guys are up there where he might uh, pass on the depth chart or just there's not enough room for him. And I mean, a good opportunity to go to Flint. Flint's a solid team. Yep. And he's going to have a decent role there too, so that's nice. Yeah, try and find himself, get some uh, get some top-line minutes, maybe not first line, but second line for sure with uh, um, Delandria. Never know what's going on there. I mean, Brendan Othman's going to move up into a bigger role as well. Yeah, and... he'll slide into Delandria's role. Yeah. Delandria will be gone. He'll be with Dallas yeah. or Texas. Man, but... what an experience he must be having right now. Ooh. Him yeah. and Jason Robertson, both in the OHL two years ago. Yeah. As Robertson played in the AHL well, Harley, this past season. Harley, too. Yep, Thomas Harley. Commando. Yeah. That's the... Gotten That's, into a yeah, getting into, into the game, Stanley Cup final game. Stamkos, former Sarnia Sting, there coming in. What a story that Playing was. Two forty-seven. I think that was the most Twitter blew up throughout the playoffs. That must be their most viewed game. Probably not because I mean, a, probably a Canadian team got more. Yeah, like when Toronto's playing Columbus. And like Montreal we're talking in Canada. Canada. I'm talking like or the like, whole North America. Mm. That that's got to be up there. That'd be interesting too. Yeah, because game three, pivotal game, one one. Yeah, and then I mean, you make his date. Maybe Stamkos comes back. That's a big deal. Yep, scores a goal on his first shot. That was a snipe. Yeah, it was. I don't know why though. Goalies hug their post for so long. That's the thing. If you play square to the shooter, there, that's right in your. Again, arm. It, it hits your arm. Either deflected in the corner and the match. Yeah. How to play, or you hit it just above the logo. Stop it. Again, Hudobin's height doesn't help. Five eleven. Yeah, those are one of those in between plays, eh? Because yeah. when you get the puck, whereas Ben Bishop, hit. he'd just stand there and it would hit him. Yeah, he just yeah casually. And that's it. where Tampa, I think, caught the biggest break of the series is no Ben Bishop because any play that goes cross yeah. ice and Hudobin has to slide from left to right or right to left or whatever, and he's down. Chance. It's up. You have the whole entire top. Yeah, part there's of probably the net. a seventy thirty percent chance, seventy percent goal, thirty percent yep. he stops it. It's slim. Yep. We're Bishop. If, if, it, we're if, Bishop? It's the, if it's a good enough pass. Yeah, we're obviously. Bishop. We're Bishop is probably like the opposite 70 30. Yeah, he makes it, a lot of those saves because he's so big and the puck just hits him. Yeah, because his shoulders are above the crossbar when he's in the butterfly. And that's Hudobin's why, head is that's why goalies are so big now. Yeah. Puck just hits him. Yep. Peter Morazic really isn't the biggest guy, but he he's just all over the flops place. around. Fish and out of water style. So. Fish out of water style. No <laughs> uh, hybrid style, no stand up style, no butterfly style. It's fish out of water style. Yep. I mean, he's just all over the place. Makes saves. I mean, he's effective. Yeah, he is. Um, Quickly back to the uh, Flint and London uh, acquisition. Of course, uh, Sahil Panwar going to the Firebirds in exchange for a fourth rounder. In 2021, uh, Firebirds Vice President of Hockey Operations and General Manager Barkley Branch uh, said this about Panwar, saying, We are looking forward to Sahil arriving in Flint. Sahil has an untapped potential. That will translate well to our style of play and will be a nice addition to our forward group. That's nice to hear because that means he's going to get opportunity. That's And like we said it just before I read this, untapped potential, yeah. Getting an opportunity now. Second rounders expect to get first, second line minutes in their second, third year in the OHL, and he wasn't going to get that in London. So change of scenery, bring out the best in the kid. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get opportunity, and that's what this league's all about. So that's right on to see. Yep. 
Uh, Good worker. Pe- he's a hard worker. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah, and he kn- he know he knows it. He's one of he'll be one of those guys that'll come into Flint because he's been in London and um with the best facility, veterans. the best coaching staff, the best opportunity yeah. to succeed on and off the well, ice. Well, when you look at a training camp last season, I mean Matthew Tachuk is there because it'll hold out with Calgary, which feels like it's like two years ago now. Yeah, uh, Drew Doughty was out there, which kind of was a little uh, controversial, you could say, because <laughs> of the Guelph alumni. Yeah. But those guys are NHL guys, and it was weird to chuck uh, Dowdy out there at night's camp. But you learn from those say, guys. They don't like and each I mean, other. Yeah, you're going up. I mean, like when he's on the penalty, when they're practicing power play, he's out there killing penalties against guys like Connor McMichael, Liam Foodie. Yeah. Ryan Merkley wasn't there, but every day in practice he was. Yeah. I mean, Alec Regula. So he's out there with key NHL veterans. So, or, well, going to the NHL veterans, but yeah. NHL veterans that are proven in the league. So that's solid for him there, too. Yeah, one last note on this uh, on this trade. Uh, Panwar actually uh, gave a quote about uh, his thoughts on the trade. He says, I am excited for this new opportunity and a fresh start. I'm ready to help the Firebirds now and bring a championship to Flint. And, hey, they were pretty close last year. So Yeah, um, they were going Final Four for sure in the division. Yep. In the conference, but... Yep. In the playoffs. If you want to read this full article, it's on the Flint Firebirds website. There's also something up. Uh, on uh, on the Knights website as well. Yep, it's out on Twitter right now. Yep. I just retweeted it. So you can find it there. And more trades. It seems like every every week we've got one trade at least to talk about. And uh, um, this one, it was a Western Conference uh, acquisition. So we'll keep our eyes as we move forward into the season, December 1st start date. And as I mentioned off the top, we are going to discuss the key dates in a little bit, though. Also, another quick add: uh, former London Knight Sam Gagne has re-signed with the Detroit Red Wings. Really? Just in? Ooh, just in. I like that. I like yeah. that move. Yeah. One, one year. Jacob Markstrom. One year. Yeah, one year. Does it give the uh, money value? No, no. It just says one year extension. I'm trying to. Th- Curtis Lazar re-signed in Buffalo, two years, eight hundred thousand a year. It's probably. Does Gagne get eight hundred thousand? Mm, yeah, probably. Because Detroit's got to spend money. Yeah, that's true. They oh yeah, they got to be in Ottawa. It. Them in yeah. Ottawa, I got to get. I forgot the about that because that, that that's the only reason that uh, Arizona got Datsuk is because they were under and they needed they needed to spend more money. Yeah, it's I actually forgot kind, about. It's that. actually kind of nice to be in that situation. Yeah, it is. Especially after the was you it just the, spend is it the twenty twenty two season where they don't have any contracts or maybe two or three. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, because that's when. I mean, Abdul Cater. Jeez. Uh, yuck. Beacon. Larkin for sure. Yeah, Larkin's back. Larkin yeah. will be the captain. Yep. Which will be announced soon. In the next couple months. Yeah. Hopefully in the next few weeks. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just name him captain. No Every idea. single person knows Dylan. Maybe Larkin's they're going to acquire Markstrom and make the goalie captain, Roberto Luongo. I mean, I'm kidding. Elliot Friedman, that won't happen. Elliot Friedman dropping a bomb about Zdeno Chara. Yeah, I don't hey. know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know if Iserman's down for old guys. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to see him with Mo Sider, but I'd rather see Krug with Heronic. Yeah, Sider. That, that'd be that's a good core. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Uh, but when we come back, we got to take the break and uh, get to our guest, Connor McMichael, joins us on the show, chatting world Mc juniors, Jesus. NHL Mc bubble. Jesus. Yeah, right. I wonder how many times he gets that. 
Probably a few too many times. Yeah, that'd be probably crazy. the same amount of times I get called Reese's Pieces and I get annoyed at everybody. <laughs> probably the same with him. Twitter name? Reese's no. <laughs> nope. We're good. No. Okay. All right. Take Drop the break. Come back with Connor McMichael <laughs> here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Connor McMichael gets Canada on the board. Starts all the way back in the Canadian zone. Kevin Ball's going to fire this off the board. This is a terrific play on the sidewall to keep the play alive. As Ball is going to bank this puck off the board. This is a tough catch for Lavoie to keep the puck alive. Tackle on the board. Drops that back to Byron. He feeds it across to Addison. Kalen Addison is shot. Petrick will down. They score! Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. And segment two is the best part of our show because we are joined by our weekly guest. And this week we've got uh, Washington Capitals first rounder and London Knights forward Connor McMichael. Connor, how are you today? Good, guys. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, conference finals are going on. You know, it's fun to have hockey back, sports back in general. Um, you know, it's good times, but uh, as we kick things off, we have a fan question for you. Uh, <laughs> Luke from Oakville uh, asks, uh, who is the messier roommate? <laughs> uh, he is for sure. All right, okay. <laughs> he, said, he says there's no wrong answer here. Well, there is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, obviously, you uh, you were living with him uh, last year, and we'll talk about this because uh, recently the applications to become a billet for all the OHL clubs are coming out. And uh, give us a sense of what it's like to be a part of a new family and um, in a new house with your teammates, and you know, possibly even new brothers and sisters. Yeah, it is a little, it is a little weird at first. Uh, the first couple of weeks, just everyone's getting used to it, but. I mean, our billets are great. Me and Luke, we've both been there the past. Luke's been there the past two years. I've been there three years now. So, um, Bill and Kevin and Owen, they're just awesome. So, I mean, we're really grateful to have them. So, yeah, you guys had a great year. Uh, you played on a great line with uh, Liam Foodie, the Columbus draft pick, and uh, draft eligible Luke Evangelista, as we just mentioned. How fun was that to play with those guys on a line? Uh, it was really cool. I just felt like I'd just go anywhere on the ice, and they'd be able to find me and. Uh, likewise, we can just we work off each other and stuff. So um, we had a really good line. So I'm gonna miss uh, playing with food, but um, obviously it's called Luke this year, so I'll be good. Yeah, and you have a very uh, sneaky shot. Is there any practice in that? Because I've watched you a fair bit this year, and it looks like you get shots in from everywhere. Uh, is there any practice of that getting pucks through the lanes? Yeah, we do a little bit of practice and uh, practice, but um, I mean, just for me growing up, I just shoot a bucket of pucks my driveway uh kind of where i learned how to shoot so i guess uh a bit of everything yeah what would you say uh your favorite memory from this past year was you guys had a fair bit there you guys had a good season uh what was your favorite memory as uh london night this past season 
Um, probably just the group of guys that we had and, and the win streaks we went on and feel like our team gelled so well. Um, so I think the best part was just the team that we had for sure. Yeah. Um, so NHL draft day, 2019, you go 25th overall to the Washington Capitals. How cool was that hearing your name called by an organization such as Washington? Yeah, it was a dream come true. Um, growing up, I've always wanted to get drafted and play in the NHL. So it's just one step further. And then obviously Washington with all the pros they got and all the, the legends that they'll have, um, it's just a great place to play for sure. Did you have an idea of Washington? I honestly had no, not uh, too big an idea. Um, I kind of just went into it blind, uh, just just hoping to hear my name called. That's yeah. cool, because then you got the surprise there when you hear your name called. Yeah, yeah so much. Yeah, and you've uh, also got a fellow or former London Knight, I should say, in uh, in John Carlson, and uh, obviously you were uh, part of the bubble with the Capitals. So, was there any conversations with him, just like catching up in terms of you know what's going on in London right now, and you know the guys that are there, how the hunters are doing, or stuff like that? Yeah, you, uh, every time we talked about London, it was him asking about all the staff, uh, the hunters, Dale and Mark, just seeing how they're doing and. Um, just checking in to see if things are the same as when they were uh, when he was here. So, I mean, he's a really nice guy, and obviously had that London connection, so it's nice. Was there anyone that sort of kind of reached out to you after you were drafted from uh, Washington? Because earlier on, we had Hunter Jones, the draft pick of the Wild, on, and obviously uh, goaltender for the Peets, and he said that there were a few guys that kind of messaged him to say, "Hey, welcome to the club. Like, we're really gonna enjoy having you here. I heard you're really good." So, like, was there anyone on Washington that kind of did the same for you? Yeah, there's a few guys. Um, Wilson, Oshi, those type of guys reached out a little bit and just introduced themselves. And- uh, just got to know him a little bit, so that was really cool and, and nice of them. So, um, yeah. Oh, she's a pretty cool dude, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so your first time in Washington, what was that like, going to the arena for the first time and playing in your first uh, exhibition game? Uh, it was really nice. Um, just the rink that they have there in the facilities, it's, it's second to none. So, I mean, just being able to step on step foot on that rink is, is really cool. Yeah, that arena's right downtown, right? Uh, yeah, downtown, yeah. Oh, that's cool, because then you get all the traffic. <laughs> so you play, you were in the bubble with the Capitals. What was that whole experience like? You mentioned earlier Hotel X you were at. How was that experience, being around those guys and around the Capitals training camp? Uh, it, was, it was really cool. Um, obviously, it's a different experience than uh, hopefully we never have to go through again. But uh, just being in the, the bubble with those guys, uh, just watching them perform every day, how their their daily routines is really cool for me to watch. And um, yeah, I had a blast for sure. What was the biggest takeaway you had from being there? Whether it was uh, something you saw on the ice from someone else, or um, from the coaching staff of the Capitals that they told you, or just something that you saw happen on the bus to the rink or at the hotel? Like, what was the biggest part of that experience you took away? Um, I just think. I think the coolest part for me was just seeing how the guys act off the ice, uh, the stuff that people don't see usually, how they take care of their bodies and, and all that stuff. So that was really cool for me to see, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff that normal fans wouldn't be able to see. Yeah, like walk, like meeting up with other teams there, going to the arena to play each other. That's got to be awkward. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was really it was a weird experience, like I said. But um, it was just, honestly, it was kind of cool being around every single team and the guys. Yeah. Just, Having a little relationship off the ice as well. 
Yeah, did you eat like a king as well, being in the <laughs> NHL with all those guys? Yeah, we uh, yeah we got fed pretty good. So yeah, you didn't have to get any uh, rookie bills or nothing, did you? No. no not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with uh, Connor McMichael of the London Knights here on the Owen Sixty Podcast. Uh, Turn our attention to a big tournament that usually goes on around Christmas and New Year's, uh, the World Junior Hockey Championships, and Game One against the United States. Obviously, the rivalry uh, between the two countries is uh, is pretty big, along with Canada and uh, and Russia's rivalry, which you met in the finals. But uh, for you to get the first goal of the tournament for Canada, get yourself rolling, get your team rolling, just what did that do for you? in terms of confidence at this uh, this tournament as well as for the rest of your team? Yeah, just part of the first goal kind of gave me the idea I could I could play in this tournament and I belong there. So um, it was really cool just getting that goal, obviously opening the tournament up in that way. Um, I had a blast doing it, especially beating the, the States, like you said, the big, uh, big rivalry. Cool Sully, by the way, in that uh, goal. That was unreal. <laughs> Thank you. So, all that's the most important part when you score, right? (laughs) So, World Juniors, uh, you get the call, you made the team. What was that feeling like, finding out you're going to be on Team Canada? Yeah, that was really cool. Um, Me and my family every year at Christmas watch the World Juniors, so just being able to play in it and and share the experience with my family was was awesome. And just calling my family to let them know I made the team was, was a really cool feeling for sure. Did the experience and the trip over, like making the transition from uh, or the journey from Canada uh, over across to the Czech Republic, having Dale there and uh, uh, Foodie there, how much did that maybe settle you a little bit and uh, you know kind of take a little bit of the nerves away? Yeah, just having some familiar faces there um, eased the nerves a little bit, and um, we actually went over to Europe quite a bit earlier than other teams, so we were able to adapt to the to the situation we were in. And, uh, we did some team bonding stuff, so um, yeah, there wasn't too many nerves come come tournament time. Did uh, that catch you off guard? That power play song? <laughs> I honestly didn't even hear it the first game until I went on social media and I saw everyone talking about it. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and uh, Reese just wanted to say you're welcome for uh, putting oh the TSN God. camera <laughs> over the penalty box. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I so, didn't think you were going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's the emotions like going through the tournament like that? Uh, they were really cool. There's a lot of high flows, obviously. Um, injuries or suspensions and then scoring big balls. So you kind of just have to keep your emotions in check and um, not get too high, not get too low. But, I mean, the experience is just really cool. It's something that um, once a life opportunity for sure. Yeah, you'd mentioned injuries, suspensions. Uh, obviously, Alexi Lafreniere missed time. Uh, Barrett Hayton also had a uh, couple injury problems. And, uh, you know, the game against Russia, the 6 nothing defeat, must have been a little bit uh, bit tough for you guys, especially uh, after that uh, a big win over the Americans. But then you guys rebounded 4-1 against Germany. And that Germany club wasn't really, you know, nothing to, I guess, push aside because they really had some good talent. It's Moritz Seider, uh, Tim Stutzel, uh, just to name a couple. So for that game, to win that um, against Germany, how much did uh, did that kind of, whether you want to say turn the tables or like um, give you guys a little bit of an energy boost back after that uh, 6 nothing loss to Russia? Yeah, it was, it was a, they're a really good, skilled young team. So um, going out there, we needed some redemption after losing to Russia. And 
uh, I feel like we got our confidence back and um, had some fun with it. So um, all, every team has a good team, so you can't really take a night off, and which we didn't. So, um, yeah, we just tried to experience. So the gold medal game against Russia, lots of emotions in that game. Uh, being down 3-1 halfway through the third period, uh, the puck goes off your, the back of your skate heel uh, and goes into the back of the net. <laughs> Did you realize that or like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I just felt it hit me and then turn around and I saw it in the net. So. Was it like a purpose deflection kind of get it toward the net or just accidental hit your skate and go in the net? Honestly, I saw the puck coming towards me and I was trying to get out of the way thinking it was going to hit the net, but um, it just hit me. So. That's nice. Yeah. Now, how much did you want a goal after previously in that game or early on in that game, sorry, um, that you were on a breakaway and you couldn't uh, bury it, but getting this bounce like this, like how much do athletes, and you could just speak in general, whether it's in London or Caps Camp or uh, whether it was at the World Juniors, but how much do you want the next one, the next opportunity after one where you're on a breakaway and you can't bury it? How much do you want that next one? Yeah, like uh, you're kind of you're kind of pinching yourself wanting to to relive it but um yeah you just go out there the next shift trying to do the same thing and at this time score and um it just it honestly just drives you to work harder to to get those opportunities again and gives you a little motivation to to play better so the big moment there what's that like getting the gold medal around your neck singing the national anthem with your teammates representing your country what's that like it's really cool uh, like I said earlier, watching it with my, my family every single year and seeing uh, guys get to experience that. And then for myself, getting to experience it is just a dream come true. So uh, that's a cool moment for sure. Akil, great guy. Eh? What went through your mind when he scored there? Uh, not much. I honestly kind of blacked out. <laughs> uh, it was just, I don't really remember it too much at all. Um, but it was obviously a big goal for us and uh, the game winner, tournament winning goal. So. Um, yeah, I was happy for him for sure. So, to the Knights talk to end out the show, uh, how much does that mean to play for the London Knights organization? Uh, it's really cool. Um, getting traded from Hamilton to London, it's like it was eye opening playing in front of 9,000 fans every night. And, uh, it's just a great city, great building, and everything. So, um, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, to go from uh, obviously, you didn't spend the whole season in London, you had 28 games played. Uh, with the Knights in 17-18, six points recorded, but then up to 67 games played uh, in your second season with the Knights, 72 points. What was the biggest thing that changed, do you feel, between that first full season uh, with Hamilton and London in the O, uh, going into your draft year, which uh, was your sophomore season? I think there's a couple of things. I think uh, motivation, confidence, and then just the coaching staff we have was able to put me in situations where I thrive and um, when I wasn't much as a guy, they'd, they'd work on skills in me in practice. So, um, yeah, like they say, London's the best place to play in the CHL. So, um, they, they for sure, they for sure deserve that credit and, um, they do a lot to help the younger guys out. Yeah. Is there a lot of one-on-one, um, coaching, whether it's with, uh, Dale or, um, any of the other, uh, members of the coaching staff, like, do you, did you spend a lot of time with just one individual working on one specific skill? Yeah, we watch a we watch a lot of uh, video and NHL games and our own games or our own shifts, and then uh, they'll they'll show us those clips and then pick things from the games that we need to work on. And 
uh, whether it's before practice, going out earlier, staying on a little bit later just to work on certain skills. They do that a lot. Um, so they're great with that for sure, helping guys develop in, in that way. Also, how nice is it to have guys that have played in the NHL being out at your training camp? I remember hearing Matthew Tuchuk was there before for a training camp. How's that practicing with guys that are at that next level to put you guys over the edge? Yeah, anytime you can, you can be around guys like that, um, with that skill caliber. And, um, I mean, it's huge for everyone, especially the younger guys that, that are haven't been drafted yet or haven't been around NHL lifestyles yet. It, it's really eye-opening and um, yeah, it's great to look up to guys like that. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, experience and uh, uh, lessons. Uh, how much have you done that with Luke Evangelista, living with him? Like, you've been through the draft process. You've been to a training camp. You were part of the uh, Capitals bubble uh, roster. So how much have you two sort of had a lot of had conversations about this whole process and the NHL draft and all that? Yeah, he'll questions off me just because I've been through it before and um, he's just a little curious, and um, I remember when I was I was 16, and I didn't play too much, um, and then I got the next year to a big jump in ice time, and, and my stats, it's easy to get uh, down on yourself in London your first year, but um, so I, honestly, he's just asking me questions about what it's like after your first year, and, and just trying to keep him in, involved in the games and stuff, so um, yeah, he'll bounce a lot of questions off me for sure. Yeah, so we had uh, Brett Brochu, your goaltender, and Luke Evangelista on our show earlier, and we asked them who the biggest prankster is in the dressing room for the London Knights. Uh, they both said Ryan Merkley. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, Merkley's a pretty funny dude. He'll, he'll be bugging guys a lot and, and just uh, just messing around. So, yeah, Merkley is a really funny dude. He was a nice pickup for you guys, eh? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have two final questions here uh, to wrap up the segment. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to kids who want to be in your shoes someday, that want to play in the OHL and be a draft pick in the NHL someday? Uh, probably the best thing was just enjoy it. Um, I remember when I was younger, um, I never actually thought I'd play in the OHL. It was kind of a dream of mine. And then once you get here, you kind of you miss the tournaments and hanging out with your friends at hotels and stuff like that. So. I'd say just soak up the whole experience and work hard, and, and you'll get here eventually. Well, and finally, the Sault Ste. Marie goal. That was nasty, man. <laughs> I'm going to admit that. Did you, uh, what went through your thought process on that goal? Um, I don't know. I kind of came out of the corner off the wall a bit, and I was going to go back in, and then I saw the goalie was going to poke check. So I just thought uh, quick on my feet and just pulled that move. So Yeah, that was nice. One more for you, Connor, before we let you go. Uh, when we had Philip Tomasino on uh, earlier, we were talking about uh, how much he's pushing to make Nashville's roster for this upcoming season. So for you, is the goal to make Washington's roster? Like, How much are you pushing to uh, get on that opening night uh, lineup for the Capitals? Yeah, I'm, obviously you want to do anything to make the team, and, and that's what I've been trying to do. Uh, it's a big summer for me, and, and guys like Tomasino as well, so... Um, yeah, the, the end goal is obviously make Washington for sure, and um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to the opportunity to come train camp. So my final question for you, Connor, uh, who would you say your uh, biggest imp- inspiration is in your hockey career so far? Uh, probably my parents and, and grandparents for sure. Just driving me to the rink and uh, waking up early to take me to practice or um, stuff like that. They, they've been a huge influence on me and helped me a lot. So were they able to make your uh, first game in Washington? Yeah, they, they did, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's great. 
That must have been a pretty cool moment to share after the game, eh? Yeah, that's really cool, yeah. Well, Connor, uh, we really appreciate you doing this. Uh, 102 points last year with the Knights. You just missed 50, and obviously you would have gotten there uh, if COVID hadn't hit. But Probably uh, another weekend. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, whether it's in Washington or back here in London, uh, we really can't wait to see you back on the ice and lighten it up. So, uh, again, we really appreciate this, and uh, thanks for doing it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. That was Connor McMichael of the London Knights and Washington Capitals first round selection in 2019. And yeah, I really feel bad he didn't get to 50 goals. I do. Yeah, one more weekend he gets that. Yeah. One more weekend he gets that. Elite, elite goal scorer. Yep. I mean, probably one of the top goal scorers in their league. Yeah. I mean, there's some great two way players, but Connor McMichael's a great goal scorer in the league. And plus, like how he mentioned there, London getting the opportunities to play other roles there. Yep. Your rookie season. London does that. I mean, he was he was killing penalties, right? So he's mm-hmm. not just an offensive guy. He's a two-way player, high-skilled two-way player, I'd say, with uh, Connor McMichael. Yeah, well, and that's what this is all about, being in the OHL, the top uh, junior program in North America, the world, whatever um, you want to say about it. But uh, they don't just shape forwards. They don't shape goaltenders. Well, I guess you can't really shape anything else besides goaltending. But, like, they shape defensemen to be offensive again, like, offensive and um, forwards to be defense, like, you know, yeah, I might have said that Offensive a little wrong, beef. but like, take care of your you own develop way. your all around game here. It's not just focusing on, oh, you're going to be a sniper. That's all we're going to work on. If you remember, he took the third, second or third last face off in that gold medal game against Russia. Yeah. Very responsible. Yep. Very responsible. He was out there double shifted there late in the game against Russia. Yep. Connor McMichael is an elite prospect in the NHL. So we're pretty lucky to have him on. I mean, we had him yeah, and like, Phil now. If you if you think about yeah right, to be um, got an elite line now. If you really think about it, the Washington get Ovechkin's going to retire. It's going to happen. Backstrom's going to retire. Yeah, and like, by the you know yeah, and by those the are way, probably the two oldest that I can think of right now. That'll be you know, yeah. they'll have to fill their shoes, and I think they'll probably expect them to. And by Ovechkin, the way, tough. Connor but. says he is an elite dude, Ovechkin. He he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he yes, yeah, so he you did. We he asked is. him beforehand. Yeah, he is what yep. you think he is. <laughs> yeah, you saw him with what he did with the cup. Yeah, yeah, that's Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Um, so it was a great chat with uh, Connor McMichael. Uh, time for a break, I guess. I need more water. So, yeah, I'm good. We'll get to it. I got BioSteel now. Hey, now. So we'll be back here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Own 60 Podcast with Colin Ward. I'm Reese Dumaney. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 Podcast. It's got our link to our website as well, where you can find all of the articles written by Joel Vanderlan. And another thank you to Connor McMichael for joining us here on the show. A nice insight to what life was like inside the NHL bubble. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, got to hear a little bit of stories about guys in Washington. Yep. Got some Knights talk, got some Hockey Canada talk. World Juniors is always fun to talk about. I feel like everybody, every, I feel like every hockey fan, it doesn't matter what team you cheer for at the next level, it doesn't matter. When, when, puck drop, when Boxing Day hits, puck drop at the World Junior for Team Canada, it doesn't matter who they're playing, I feel like that's where everybody gets together and cheers the same team. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, like, you know, when you got, like, friends and stuff to cheer for other teams, and all of a sudden you're cheering for the same team. It's kind of awkward. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Or you have a brother who, who thinks he's American and cheers for the yeah, that's United crazy. States. That's crazy. That's I feel weird. like we have to get him on the show to talk about that. Why? That's just interesting to know why. Ryan Miller. Yeah, I remember when he got scored on through the five hole. Five hole. Sid the kid. Yep. Golden goal. <laughs> remember when they took like two weeks to find his glove after that because he threw it in the stands? Yeah. <laughs> Someone took his glove? Yeah. I still don't know how it went that high. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uh, whatever memories you could say, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Something quickly before we get to uh, the OHL key dates. Uh, like we said uh, in the first segment, uh, on the sport market, uh, hosted by Tom Mayanek, uh, TSN 1040 uh, in Vancouver, it runs from 7 to 10 a.m. Pacific time. So you'll hear it at 10 a.m. here Eastern. If you listen to it online, TSN 1040.ca. And uh, Colin, you uh, heard something really interesting on that show about the NHL bubble and if the NHL returns again about bubbles and his thoughts on yeah, it. Yeah, he says if it won, he says there's no way it'll start in December. And he says also that uh, it's expected to be announced soon. But I just think, and I agree with him 100%, he says that... If it does start, no matter how they start, they're going to start in a bubble. But then I also like his point, if not, and if there's fans, where hopefully, honestly, there is fans by then. But if there is, it would be cool to see it start with a Winter Classic. Yeah. A doubleheader. You could see Toronto, Ottawa, maybe Toronto, Montreal, and then see Calgary, Edmonton on the night on the nightcap. I think that would be pretty cool. It's a lot of money in two outdoor games, but I mean, they've done it before. And I mean... The NHL loves outdoor games, right? I'm not a big fan of them having too many, but I feel like in this yeah, case... Yeah, the stadium series ruins the whole illusion of doing yeah, it outside. Yeah, where I where I believe in this case it would be pretty cool to see a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be neat to see, especially the rival, like the rivalry with those teams. I mean, you would love to see a Cassian to Chuck, Edmonton-Calgary rivalry outdoors the first game of the season like that yep that'd be cool and then you'd love to see ottawa and toronto i mean ottawa is going to be exciting ottawa will be exciting i mean yeah no more bobby ryan picks. and anderson which means yeah. formington possibly a spot open for him maybe uh quentin byfield yep uh third and fifth picks i mean the third will make it for sure mm-hmm. the top three picks this year stutzel lafreniere and uh byfield those three are going to make the nhl i believe byfield might be interesting but Byfield's probably good enough to stick around. Yep. Right now. I think so. But for a young draft eligible player too. With Ottawa, if they if he does go to LA, then I think he goes back to the O. Yeah. Because Akil Thomas won't be up, Kaliev won't be up, uh Dudas won't be up. And by the way, LA. two of those guys are going over to Europe to play. That's Dudas and uh Akil Thomas. Ingham too. Jacob Ingham, yep. They're sending a bunch over there. But in terms of forwards, like they won't be ready for Quinton Byfield to be there. Is he an elite talent? Yes. Should he be in the NHL next year? Yes. I think Aiden Dudas is your... you have to look at the state of the team and the franchise, right? Yeah, you got a clear cap, too. Yeah. You don't want to have four guys go on the books the same year to pay them all the same year, like how the That's Leafs true. had. You don't want to go through having yeah. to sign Marner, Nylander, Matthews. Could you imagine trying to sign Akeel, Dudas, and uh, Byfield? Phillips? Yeah, Phillips, another one. Well, Phillips will have time in the minors. Yeah. Phillips gets the picture. When we had Mike Stubbs on there and Marcus Phillips said that in his first press conference with London this year, when he mentioned that, yeah, um, when he said there's a, 
18 guys in front of them that are all veterans. They're all on contracts. They're yep. all making more money than me. I could, I had junior eligibility. I get the big picture. That's smart. You don't really hear that from a kid. Yeah. But he gets it where I think with that 18 guys in front of him, there won't be as many this year, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I still think he's going to get time in the A. He'll play more in the AHL this year, but maybe next year you might see some uh, first NHL game. Yep. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, so again, the sport market with Tom Mayonek. Fun show. 10 a.m. Eastern. Oh, fun show. Until 1 on uh, TSN 1040 Vancouver. Yeah, you get rated. I get rated into that show. I love it. I Do needed you, that. You listened to all three hours? Yeah. Yeah. I needed that. Like, and, and I honestly get right into it. Like, right off the start, talking about the Dallas Cowboys making $5 billion a year. That's incredible. Could you imagine yep. that? No wonder why Jerry World exists. <laughs> you think I'm, he's worth. The team's worth $5 billion. I know. Must I mean, be nice, eh? Like, I like that too, but you mentioned that too, and I heard it on a show about the Major League Baseball, about the, how much baseball hurts. I mean, it takes so much away from the players, right, on social media. Yeah. You can't post now. You can't post now in a team uniform on social media or something. It's something crazy, which is bizarre to me. Yeah, I mean, that's you bizarre. want you want fan you want fan player yeah. interactions there. Yep. So it grows the league, right? So that kind of caught me off guard not having that. And I mean, you're gonna lose a lot for that. Trevor Bauer can't wear a certain amount of certain cleat. Yep. Which, I mean, he can wear trash cans on his cleat, but he someone, can't wear Joe Kelly on his cleats. Yeah. If someone hits a bomb off you. You should be able to bat flip. Yep. If the pitcher has a problem, get him out. Don't complain about it yep. or go at it. That's good for baseball. Football when they're going at it. Hockey when the, to Chuck Cassian. Everybody watches a Calgary-Edmonton game because of that. Yeah. I mean, when you got Darnell Nurse pointing at the other team's goalie to go, their goalie, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's all over social media. Everyone's watching those videos. That's another big point there for baseball, I guess. Yeah. But I really took that key point away, too. And how he mentioned uh, Dodgers-Yankees is the thing that could save the season. World Series. Yeah. But I don't know. I think an Astros-Dodgers series would be incredible. Astros aren't making the World Series. Yeah, but that would be incredible for baseball. There wouldn't be one Astros fan around other than Houston fans. But there wouldn't be anyone cheering for Houston, I don't think. Oh, God, no. And it'd be cool to see Kershaw. Yeah. It's like Mike Trout. Joe Kelly again. Yeah, Joe Kelly. Uh, <laughs> Closing out the World Series. <laughs> yep. Um, and you mentioned about fighting, and that brought up a tweet I saw. And I want to get to this topic because I think it is important because it could transfer over to the OHL and the WHL. Mm-hmm. On the Quebec government asking the QMJHL to ban fighting before they provide funding for the league. Social and I know distancing? we're not going to. We'll get into this when we get to our. Little surprise at the end of our show today after a uh, nice Twitter poll that we sent out. Hey now. Uh, but it's on CTV Atlantic's website. If you do want to read it for yourself, I'll do that. Paul Hollingsworth, uh, the reporter on it, and Alan April, the writer that, um, that has it up on their website. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. But I think that's an interesting topic in terms of keeping people interested in the game, maybe not just at the junior level, but at the NHL level. And I mean, I don't well, think they have any so, plans so to ban that fighting. Won't be, but. That won't be long-term. It'll be just for this when the pandemic yeah. ends. I get that. Social distancing and stuff. Baseball's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll get to that uh, in our last segment. But now to the key dates for the Ontario Hockey League. They announced this September 17th about training camp details. Uh, 
Obviously, the day that they are planning on to return has already been announced, but a little bit more in-depth. So the OHL training camps are scheduled to open on Sunday, November 15th, with exhibition games starting on the weekends of November 20th to 22nd and the 27th to the 29th. So we'll start with that, the training camps and exhibition games. Which will be delayed. Me, yeah. I, Me honestly, personally, I, I didn't see delayed even any exhibition Year's. games. I think it's delayed till after New Year's right now. This second wave isn't fun. I mean, Toronto, Ottawa, major markets. Yeah. In Ontario, those cases keep going up. The chances of playing hockey go down. So that's tough. Yeah, and... Is it 400 we're averaging? Yeah. Give or take yes, a few? You, yeah. And, again, if any plans for fans for these games, if they still are going to start, those have pretty much been and thrown out the will window. Will they even get funding? I mean, I've heard, oh, NHL funding. The NHL is not going to fund it. I'm no. sorry. I wish they would. They didn't even help their own team in a draft lottery. That's yeah. 39 points. They're not going to help another league. No, they only help one team. I mean, that's the team they bought, but I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's... Again, I hate talking about this. It sucks. We thought we were past it, and that's why we're in it again. Yeah. really is. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, I think the major thing is I don't think it'll get better until everything shuts down. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's going to hurt a lot of businesses. Yeah. A lot. But, unfortunately, when lives are at line, on the line now, you kind of have to shut down a little bit of transit. Yeah. Little bit of jobs. I mean, you got to shut down work because that's the only way big cities like Toronto can sleep. It's the only way. Transit's huge in Toronto, right? And mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's where it probably spends a lot. Like, it spreads probably a lot there. Probably spreads a lot in malls, like public gatherings. I mean, if you shut down big attractions in Toronto and transportations, it would shut the city down. That's yep. the only chance you got because it's too big. It's too big to go what they're doing now. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, and I think it's valid when you said Ottawa, Peel, Toronto, they're all over, Not maybe not all over 100. Toronto is for sure. Ottawa's close to 100, if not over as well. Peel is hovering around 100 as well, whereas you know other small amounts are uh, around the rest of the province. Brantford, we had five this past well, week, and that was the most we had seen in a month or two. Yeah. Like, um, and so, the, like the smaller communities, like Sarnia, it's a border town, but again, they can't fine, go to the though, U.S. The border, yeah, so, the border towns are hurting right now. You, I mean, Windsor the same way. Yeah, they're not like getting that traffic. They're not Niagara getting that Falls. traffic, so it should be almost like a ghost town. Yeah, like when this first started, it was a ghost town. I remember driving to the studio. Yep. How quiet it was! It was amazing that drive. Yeah, yeah, because we got in like nothing. Yeah, it took me twenty minutes to get here. Yeah, and then today it's like accidents. It's stop yeah. go. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's basically where we are on training camp again. Sunday, November 15th is when it will begin. Players will report to their respective OHL cities, and that'll be a fun one when it comes to the Americans, the American teams, because yeah, the only chance you got is like it did before. Yeah. We said before about, well, I mean, the parent factor also goes oh, into that huge, huge. I mean, I don't think parents would want their kids going to this right now, going over. Or going Do you think the NHL clubs would now. have a big say in this? So let's talk Jamie Drysdale, Cole Perfetti. 
Those guys would stay. Be, ju- in in Canada. Stay, they would stay in the NHL. You know what? Just because of their... Uh, well, they have the CHL eligibility. But if they're in a bubble, the NHL, and with it doesn't matter if they're in a bubble or not, the yeah. roster will go up. Oh, yeah. And you have guys, to. And those guys... Like baseball, you have to have a taxi squad. Yeah. That's what it would be. So those guys like Perfetti, the Drysdale's that play in the States. Yeah. If they get drafted by American team, they'd already be there. So they'd already go through their quarantine. Yep. But those guys would probably stay if they're above other people on the depth chart. Because why not? Yeah. You might as well. Because if they're going to play just American teams, which will not happen, that cannot happen if it's just American teams in the OHL. Unless they come to Canada, which I have no idea how the hell they're going to be able to do that. Do you want to pay for it? Nope. I'm good. That's right. No thanks. That's what I don't like when people go on Twitter and stuff. Oh, they'll just play this place, this place here, this place there. Yeah, but if you do that, you're not going to have to pay for it. Yep. That's a lot of money spent staying in a hotel for that long. Yeah, hotels, rink rentals. It would have to be hotels. It could not be uh, No, you couldn't, you couldn't do billets. Because no one's going to trust. You don't know one knows anyone. The billet process takes a while. Yeah. So that's another Yeah, one. there's police background checks you have to go through. Obviously, you'll, have yeah. to, you'll probably have to be quarantined for two weeks if you're a billet. You'll probably have to be. Yeah, so you'd have to, like, you take a little layoff from your job then. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big sacrifice for even a billet to take on. If And yep. plus, the kid... In the billets, they don't know each other. There's no relationship. Yeah, Where, it's different if you're coming back. Yeah, if you're going back to Erie and stuff, you already yeah. know the billets. You're going to the same billet. If yep. you go to Saginaw, you know what it is. Flint's the same way. Yeah, so uh, it's not it's not that easy of just saying, oh, they can play here, they can play here, and they can play here. No, that's not that easy. So, yeah. um, again, Sunday, November 15th, the first day training camps open up, and... Exhibition play will begin the weekend of November 20th, 22nd, and the 27th, 29th. Oh, I had a quick uh, thing there, too, about the fans. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, their first game, out of the 9,000 fans, two or 3,000 of them had COVID the next day, tested positive. I thought it was only 10. I heard only 10 fans. Okay, okay, I might have read the wrong article then. I mean, it might have been fans in general. I don't know. I don't know. It was crazy, though. The... But the fact is they got COVID. They yeah. have it. Yeah, they have like, it. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Like, you can't have fans in a small arena. If you have 100 fans in a small arena, yeah. there's still a good chance you catch it. Yeah, which something I found interesting uh, uh, this past week on Martian Mellow when I was uh, producing it. Uh, the Russian Grand Prix is happening this weekend, or happened this past weekend, I should say. And it's a 60,000... Spectator facility. They're playing. It's in Sochi, at the Olympic grounds. Yep. They're allowing thirty thousand people, fifty percent. So that's one every other seat. That's risky. You see, like that of, is dumb. Yeah. Well, you see the one college in Clemson, that the fans. Yeah. They're literally in front of each other. That's still not social distancing. Nope. Like knees, you're on backs. Like nope. I think I saw Michigan State. There's their stadium, football stadium holds. 60 to 65,000. They're only allowing 18,000. Even that's something like that. Even that's quite a bit. University of Michigan could hold 30,000 because it's a 110,000 seat facility. Yeah. So you still could have a pretty big crowd at Michigan at the big house. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they'd want it to be similar. They'll call NCAA doesn't like to give money away. Well, no. They like to get money from more ticket sales. Yeah, but um, (laughs) they'll try to keep it even. Yeah. The Uh, horseshoe's like that too. Ohio State. The horseshoe. Oh, yeah. All right. Get the Big Ten championship sure. rings. Paul you probably not. will. 
You'll Hopefully. win. Um, other notable dates for this season. Now, February 10th is the trade deadline. Month later than usual. Yep. The conclusion of the regular season is April 29th. And the 2021 OHL playoffs for the J. Ross Robertson Cup will take place from May 2nd to June 14th with the 2021 Mem Cup following it either in Oshawa or Sault Ste. Marie. And these COVID spikes just make a better case for Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, that's that will a, take place June 17th to 27th. That's a great point. That is a great point there. It makes perfect sense. Is, is Oshawa Peel? No, Durham. They're Durham. They're region. close enough, though. Yeah. They're close enough. Yeah. So. That makes perfect sense for Sue. There goes that Mem Cup village, though, because you yep. wouldn't want a lot of people out there. Again, it's we're, we're talking this taking place June 17th thing is, to uh, 27th. The thing is, uh, Oshawa's already made, well, they've only made one, one to two more trades, but they've already made trades to say, hey, we're going for the Mem Cup. But sorry. I mean, if you if you put in a bid to apply, I think that says you're going for it. Yeah, that's. I true. don't think that's like, your first trades have an impact, but I feel like most of it happens when the season starts. I know a lot happens in the off season, but I feel like when the season starts, that's when you know like what you need, right? Because mm-hmm. you guys are actually playing. Yeah. No draft on here, but I imagine the draft goes till April now. Uh, actually, it is on here. The oh the 2020, yeah, there it is. The 2021 OHL Priority Selection is taking place Saturday, May 8th. Oh, so May. Followed by the OHL U18 Priority Selection on May 12th. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. May 8th, two months later than usual. But, I mean, they usually want in the playoffs, right? Second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the one year when the Ice Dogs were playing the Bulldogs, it was the draft was right before game two. I went right from the draft room to the first Ontario Center. In Hamilton. That's nice you played Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have to drive to North Bay. No thanks. I did that on a bus. That wasn't fun. Yeah, that wouldn't happen then. You just have to stay. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone. Yeah. But the fact that it was half an hour away, it didn't make that big a deal. But uh, It's on your way home anyways. Well, I was living in Niagara, so I had to go back anyways. Jordan drove. Clutch. Nice. Went to Starbucks. Hey. It was mint. Go to extra shot of espresso it was nice did you oh yeah here you going yeah you're not yep um okay but uh yeah so february 10th trade deadline and i know you don't really meet in person with gms or players for the trade deadline it may happen if you're there like a week before yeah you got an idea this hurts Ottawa a lot, though, with the World Juniors being announced. Bubble yeah. at Edmonton. That hurts Ottawa a lot. Okay, whatever. Siri. Sorry, Siri just came up on my phone. Yeah, that hurts Ottawa losing their coach, though, for a while. So that might hurt it. Because they'll be in in Ottawa, so that'll hurt with their uh, yeah. trade talks. That helps, though, February. You have to go delay. That's way too close. Start December a month in, you're already making trades, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody would be out of it. Yeah, and it's just, I don't I don't know how confident I am in these dates actually happening. Yeah, right now I don't know. Right now like, I honestly a, don't know. I, to me, like we can talk all we want about what teams are planning for these days and how they're getting prepared for all of this, but right now again, it's all it might be a moot point. Yeah, right now there's way too much going on to say uh, we're gonna. It's a for sure date. You yeah. hope so, but. 
I kind of, I, I really didn't think there was going to be exhibition games. Discovery 8 to it, eh? Yeah. But then injuries. Yeah, I, yes. I know all about injuries right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Denver Broncos. Ugh. Yikes. Um, or if they do, with these exhibition games, I could see it being Niagara, you're playing Hamilton and Mississauga. Windsor, you're playing Sarnia and London. Kitchener is playing Owen Sound and Guelph. Yeah, so London. There will be three teams playing each other. London plays Sarnia like, Kitchener. Kind of how minor baseball did in Ontario. You're in a three team bubble, and that's the only team. those are the only teams you're playing. Yeah. Again, you can't do that for the regular season. I'm saying this is for exhibition games mm-hmm. to get them in. Yeah, you could do that. That would work. Unless unless they went and said, oh, no, you're only going to play one team. Yeah, also. Make like, it even, I guess. Also, yeah, like how we had like that split squad thing too for training camp. That's another one too. Like teams, like due to number at like practices and stuff, right? Numbers would go down. You might have to, you might see two practices at different places as well. Just trying to think. Like, yeah, like, just it'd be tough split in squad games because you wouldn't want a lot of people where it might be like, yeah, four on four and then two different games. Yeah, Windsor, that's easy. There's three rinks in one building. Yeah, that's easy. Um, Niagara, you could easily do that. Meridian Center and Jack Gatecliff Arena are right next, not right next to each other, but Close they're down enough. the street from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, London, you could do it with the Western Fair and Budweiser Guard. Actually, do it all at the Western Fair. There's two or three rinks there. There's two. Yeah. Because Owen Sound, uh, Joey Hishon does that hockey school. You know, assistant GM and assistant coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Gavin Bryant's there. And uh, they're playing with Tavistock. Their camp, hmm. playing at Tavistock. That's smart, though. Yeah, that's uh, you got to go up against uh, Nick Suzuki. Yeah, uh, pretty Ryan. sweet. Yeah, that's cool. Play with Jerry McCann. <laughs> yep. Quick shout out the weekly shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's pretty much our thoughts on these key dates for the Ontario Hockey League. Again, the ones that we can really only uh, chat about in depth is the start of exhibition play, the start of training camp, like. Like the now, only, right now, it's the training trade camp. deadline will right move, now it's training like, camp. Yeah, and I mean it's a long ways away from games. Yeah, like this is still the beginning of October, end of September, right? Yeah. Whereas we still got another month and a half. Yeah, until a lot can happen. Players get there. A lot can happen. Yeah, think about it. Fourteen days, right? Fourteen days is usually when you see it go up or I think down. The players will be forced to fourteen days bef- all of November until they report. Yeah, they'll have to stay inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will. Teams teams with the insurance can't have yeah. players going out. I mean, it's hard enough to get oh, into the facility here. I know here. enough about insurance right now. Yeah, it's hard enough to get in the facility here with yeah. all this going on. So yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's what we got on these uh, key dates for the OHL. Again, if you haven't seen it or read the article, it is up on OntarioHockeyLeague.com. It'll break it all down for you and. Let you know when we're going to get some junior hockey back in Ontario. Hopefully soon, though. Yeah, that'd be nice. Hope so. People stay indoors. Be smart. Yep. Please and thank you. Yeah, time for a break, though. When we come back, we're going to switch gears to the QMJHL. Featured game. Yeah, we will have a featured game. We'll give you the details of the poll question that we put up on Twitter at the Own 60 Podcast. So we'll chat about that. We'll let you know which game we chose. And we're also going to chat a little bit about fighting and funding and how those tie together. That's all next here on the Owen 60 Podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 Pod. 
for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney with Colin Ward, and we're going to, for this last segment and for the first segment of possibly next week's show, um, we're going to be called the Q and 60 or Q and 20 because it'll only be like 10 or 20 minutes. Q and 10. But we put a poll question up on Twitter asking, should we do a featured game for opening weekend of the QMJHL season? Call in the results. And I have to get on Twitter. Oh, I thought you had them up. <laughs> Whoops. I know. I think it was sixty. I think it was sixty-two eighteen. That doesn't equal a hundred. I know it doesn't equal a hundred though. <laughs> that was a real big blonde moment right yeah. there. I'm trying to figure it out. What wow. Is it? Come on. I'm on. Anyways, we've picked our featured matchup as well, and the game sixty-six thirty-three. All right. There we go. So that's still not a hundred. 66.7, Oh, points. Oh, okay. Yeah, the points. All right. Sorry, I wasn't very... <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> uh, the game will be Friday, October 2nd, and it will be the Charlottetown Islanders taking on the Moncton Wildcats. Because there's a few Ontario guys. That's there is. That's what I thought of that. Yeah, why not? Nothing wrong with that. That's a 6 o'clock puck drop. In Moncton. In Moncton. We're not making the trip. No, we are not. <laughs> Long drive. 7 p.m. Atlantic, 6 o'clock Eastern. I'm going Moncton. Home team. Started off on a bang. Had a good preseason. I'm going Moncton. 4-1-1 four and one, four, one and one in the preseason. Going Moncton. I'm going Charlottetown. Ooh, we're going against each other again. And Charlottetown only played four games in the preseason. They went 2-2. Two and two, But they scored 23 goals. In those four games. Yeah, they might have faced a backup, backup goal. Oh, my God. Again with the excuses. <laughs> yeah, but they started 0-2 oh and, and finished 2-0, and oh, so they're hot. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I guess. Moncton's on a streak, too. In terms of penalty minutes, the Charlottetown Islanders, 51 penalty minutes in four games. Stay out of the box. 57 for Moncton. That's the key to the game. Stay out of the box. Let's go. <laughs> Moncton Wildcats. Captain Obvious I'm going, Keys. Captain yeah, Obvious Keys to the, to the game. game. Let's go. All right. That's, so. It's back. It's back. We haven't said that since March. First week <laughs> of March was probably the last time we said that, like, a game, key to the game. Yep. So I'm going to say the first one. You can go second, then we can decide on the third. The first key to the game for Charlottetown, draw penalties. They were 50% on the power play in the preseason. Yeah. Again, preseason, are all the regulars playing full minutes? No. But this is kind of what we have to go off of. Yeah, Moncton. Yeah. So that's my first key to the game. Draw penalties and get on the power play. Yeah. Yeah, power play. write these down so we can, uh, you know, see how they went. Yeah, power play goals. I mean, for Moncton's getting lanes. They're hot, right? They're going to get shots. They're gonna try. They're gonna be buzzing around. Well, both teams will be. It's the first game of the year. Uh, Moncton getting shooting lanes, block shots. First game. That's how you get into it too. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Don't get hurt though. You don't get one off the laces, break an ankle or something. But <laughs> getting the hey, shooting, regular season get, though. Getting the shooting lanes. Go right getting the shooting the lanes. Yeah, getting the shooting lanes. I mean, play a little rat style. Yep. You know the t- the style. So 
Get in lanes, block shots. Don't let easy shots get through. All right. And for our third key to the game, or you just want to go two? We can go two. All right. So key to the game for Charlottetown, draw penalties, get on the power play, and Moncton block shots. Get in lanes, uh, get sticks on pucks, and keep it simple. Help out your goaltender. Keep it simple. Yep. I'm going to go score prediction. Sure, let's go score prediction. I'm going to go 6-4. It's going to be high scoring, empty net goal. 6-4 Moncton. Oh, yeah, Moncton. I'm going empty net goal. <laughs> they're all yeah, they're always high scoring the first games. They're always something. I'm going Charlottetown. Especially after the layoff. I'm going Charlottetown five to two. Ooh, so you they're think gonna score two power play goals. Empty netter? No, no empty netter. Come on. I don't think that's gonna happen. Not not on the road. Not on the road. Why? Why not on the road? No. Just not gonna happen. Not going to come in and uh, okay. come into Moncton. Whatever. I don't know. 0-60 effect. The 0-60 effect. One of us will have one. That's true. <laughs> one of us will have one. The score may be wrong, but hey, I picked that team. <laughs> it's like a low ball 0-60 effect, but yeah, not a Hall of Whatever. Famer. Got to watch some hockey, though. Yes. And we are going to try and figure out how to watch it. Or we may be listening on the radio, which whatever. Big radio guys. There's a lot of good radio guys that call hockey, so. Um, that's our picks for the featured game of the week. It is back. The Charlottetown Islanders taking on the Moncton Wildcats. Stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 podcast Friday, October 2nd. We'll have updates in between periods, score updates. <laughs> Might as well do score updates, eh? Tweet out when there's a goal. Yeah. And then next week, and then next week. We will have the player out, the player of the game. We should not try to get him on Yo, the show. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. We need a translator. Hope it's an Ontario boy. We need a translator. We're French. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, these these are maritime teams, so it might not be yeah, as bad. In case. Yeah. You never know. In case it is a French guy. <laughs> that'd be cool. Get a guy from the queue on. That'd be interesting. See how that goes. Sure. Might well See what it. happens. Yeah, we'll try it. Um, okay, so that's our featured matchup, and before we wrap up the show here, we got about four minutes, and I know we're over time anyways, but the Quebec government, as I mentioned in the last segment, has asked the QMJHL to ban fighting before they provide funding for their for their season. And just looking at this article again, if you want to read it, it's on CTV Atlantic's website. And to be honest, all I had to do was search up QMJHL fighting, and it popped up. So it was pretty easy. But uh, the Quebec provincial government is considering subsidizing Quebec-based teams with $20 million to help them uh, stay afloat during the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's the first wrench in the problem right there. Because if you ban fighting in Quebec, you're going to have to do it throughout the whole league. Because that's just not fair to any other teams. If you go into a game and you're playing like, you know, a hard fought physical game and just a fight happens to break out and it does. And then you go like against Quebec and you can't. Yeah. It makes no sense. THL's a full league wide. One thing affects the whole, the other two. It's going to, yeah, I, I mean, to get funding, and I mean, that's the way the game's going now anyways, right? The three fights yep. basically put a end to fighting. Didn't put an end, but it put it down. 
So, yeah, I agree. It, it'll have to happen in the other two as well for funding, and it's going there anyways, like, with the uh, banning fighting. Yeah, I mean... But, I mean, it's weird, though, when you see football, they're, like, tackling each other. Yeah. <laughs> you And you would... Th- the only way this would make sense if you could just ban fighting for the Quebec teams is if they were doing... And I'm, I'd have to look this up. Are they doing Quebec against Quebec and the East or the, yeah, I guess the most Eastern teams mm-hmm. in the Maritimes against each other? Like, I, I'm not 1,000% sure on that. Percent, 1,000% sure on that. Look up. I'll look it up quick, this schedule. Because, again, that makes it, um, that yeah. makes it more viable because... You know, if you're not going out east, then you could have fighting out east. And yep. Moncton go so Moncton. I'm on their schedule right now. They go Charlottetown, Acadia, Bathurst, Monk, uh, Halifax, St. John's. So that's yeah. all maritime. Yep, it's all maritime. Those Cape, are the only Cape teams Brat- they're playing. Cape Breton, Cape Breton, Acadia, Bathurst, Cape Breton, Charlottetown. Yep. Acadia, Bathurst, St. John's, St. John's, Cape Breton, Charlottetown, Halifax. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. It's Quebec against Quebec and Maritime against Maritime. So that you could ban fighting. But what happens when you get to the playoffs? Yeah, is there even a lot of fights in the playoffs, though? I've seen a few. Yeah. I... It's, you, you have... I'm not saying you have to but have fighting. But that's a long ways away, though. That's a long ways away from playoffs. Yeah. So do they lift that ban after the regular season? These teams are going to have like a Mem Cup break. They're waiting for the Mem Cup. Yeah. They're going to end so... Like, they'll have to wait till June. Yeah. I'd be uh, surprised if they even go. To be honest, that's such a long layoff. Yeah. Even if you and, win the Quebec uh, title, you got a two-month layoff. It's a long time. Yeah, and the one that's actually putting this um, uh, topic forward is the Quebec education minister. Yeah. Well, there's a big... Uh, Paul was school too. Yep. But do you think teams are saying no? You're doing online. Yeah. Is that a stipulation this year? And again, I don't know that for a fact. A lot of that's I'm not a player. A lot I'm of that, not a coach. A lot of that's going to happen here too. Yeah. Online. Too, like for the again, insurance. I heard online sucks. My dad's a teacher, so yeah, online, he knows online isn't fun. Yeah. But for the yeah, all these people that say, insurance. "Oh, it's so much better," like you can do it at home. No, it's, it's lazy because it's lazy. Yeah, you can cheat. Welcome to our generation. Yeah, easy way out. So yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's very true. We're Gen Z, Z, whatever yeah. the Canadian. We're close. Is. We're close. I know, eh? We're close. Ninety missed it by two years or so. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, that is what the Quebec government is wanting from the QMJHL ban fighting. Again, whether a decision comes down before Friday's opening night, probably not. You don't think so? I don't think so. Do you think that's a New Year There's thing still a where, days away. okay, the New Year's coming around, now it's done? Because this... they, might, they might give it a shot. They might say, hey, uh... like this gonna... article, by the way, published was. Uh, on September 25th. Oh, so, yeah, probably not for a like, while. Like, that's two they'll, weeks. They'll see how the league goes. They'll see how it's going. Yeah. They'll see what's going on. 
Yeah, so there's I, a lot of, I, yeah, there isn't again, really a lot of fighting, anyways. To be honest, and I feel like in the first couple of weeks of the season, the guys are gonna be trying to find their legs, anyways. Yeah, they won't want to be in the box for ten minutes, five, yep. ten minutes if they. Yeah, and again, this is all based off how the teams are doing business wise while the season's going on. If they see a financial struggle, then yeah, there might be a yeah. couple couple owners that reach out and say, "Hey, we need to like Buckle this. This here. has to happen." Yeah, so. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, regular meetings as well. Yeah, weekly. Yep. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that breaks down. Uh, and that's our show Fun for one. this week, week 35. And before we let you go, due to unforeseen circumstances, we will not be in studio for the next little while. I have been informed that I need to sign waivers. And I have not been cleared to enter the building as a part-time Bell employee. So so we will be trying it over us. Zoom. Yeah. And we, we're going to start yeah. this over because I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> I'm no. not allowed to say that I'm banned. Yeah. I, I'm just, I, I, I can just say I'm not allowed in the building. You don't even have to mention it, to be honest. Yeah. It doesn't even matter because if we're recording on Zoom, no one's going to know. We're not really, uh, they, we're we'll not, hear we're the not, sound quality difference. We can say we're on Zoom today. True. And say next week. Yeah. We should do a live draft show then. We're doing it on Zoom. Ooh. How would we do it live? Not Instagram. No. I'm not doing that. We're not Tate Harris. Here, I'll just quickly wrap it up. We can discuss it after. And before we let you go, uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, we will not be recording... Uh, it, at TSN eleven fifty for the foreseeable future. Just some things are going on, and uh, we will not be in studio. So if you hear a different sound quality for uh, for episode number thirty six, it will be because we are on Zoom or some form of video conferencing application slash website. We'll find something. Yep, we'll figure it out. Try and bring you the content as we are two months away. From the OHL season beginning, 35 in the books. Yeah, 35. Season, oh, I think it was 40. I said the season will start by episode 40. Episode 40? I don't know. It might be by 41 or 42. Or over under. <laughs> oh, over under 40. Twitter poll. <laughs> Taking the over. Yeah. I hope. I hope it's right on the dot, 40. I know. I, eh? said, I said that back in the draft lottery. So hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Big show today. Yep. Fun show. Yep. Thanks Thank to Connor. Yeah, that was a fun chat with Connor McMichael. Uh, ends our summer of guests, pretty much. Uh, we'll chat yeah. next week, I guess. A lot of guys are back in the cities. Ew, a lot of guys are back in their cities. Yep. That's yeah, fun. Making their way back. It's exciting times. Except coronavirus numbers. That sucks. But Stay inside, be oh, smart. Well. Yeah. Stay inside or be smart. That's all my advice. And on that note, we will chat next play the, week. Play the goal horn. Back to See weekly it. episodes. Here on the Own 60 Podcast. Hey